just want to say the last few days of a fast can be the toughest. So let me just encourage you not to give up, not to give in, not to give out, but just keep leaning into God over these next six days. Uh, we officially finish on Saturday. Uh, so let me just say this. Remember that the word says that what we sow in the flesh will reap destruction, but what we sow in the spirit will reap eternal reward. So I'm just telling you, keep trying, keep pushing. And again, maybe you haven't even done it yet. Just try it for the next six days or try it three days or try it one day. Uh, fast from social media, fast from a meal. Uh, again, you could do a number of things. Uh, again, I chose to do two or three things. And can I just be really honest with you this morning? I already failed at one of them. So anyway, I just want you to understand if you have failed, you're not by yourself. One of them I just totally gave in on. And I just like, oh, my gosh, I just can't do this. But anyway, keep pushing, keep trying, keep doing it. And let me, let me stop right there and welcome those who are joining us online for uh, on Facebook Live. We, we're excited that you're with us on Big Game Sunday. I noticed that somebody put down below what it really is, but I, I'm just going to leave that alone. I'm just going to leave that. We're excited. And again, comment below. Let us know that you're there. Share this to your personal Facebook page from ours because that just means most people or more people get to see it than the people who are watching it right now, right now whether it's later today or through the week when they look at your feed. Uh, but again, that's one of those things I'm not doing. I'm staying off social media. And it's been kind of good. You know what I'm saying? Just staying off of it. So uh, anyway, I don't even know if I'm going to go back to it. I probably will have a hard time not going back to it. But again, uh, let me also say this. Next Sunday night, uh, as our fast comes to an end on Saturday, la next Sunday night, we're going to be in this the same way that we began it with a night of worship. So uh, we had a strong, powerful night of worship as we began these 21 days of fasting and prayer. And I really want to encourage you, be back here next Sunday night at 6 p.m. We'll have regular services Sunday morning, but we want to see you back here at Sunday night at 6 p.m. It'll just be a great way uh, to end this time. Uh, and again, just to get together and to worship God and thank God for what he's done, much of which we have not even seen yet, but the result of a lot of the fasting uh, that you have done and that I have done and that we have done as a church, we'll see God move in amazing ways, I believe, in the coming days, weeks, and months ahead. Uh, as you leave today, let me just encourage you to fill out that tear-off that's a part of the worship guide. That's where we ask for your personal information. It's where we ask for a prayer request. That's the most important part to me is to get you to tell us what your prayer needs are. Again, we have a team of people who begin to pray with you and for you immediately after services are over. I put those together. I send those to those people. It's very confidential. It's not a gossip chain. It is a group of people who have covenanted together uh, to pray with you and for you and the needs that you have. And the only way that we can do that is if you will let us know what those needs are. Many of you are very good about that. Some of you are not good about that. Let us know. We can't pray for you unless you let us know what to pray for. So fill that out uh, and take that with you as you exit the service, whether it's the door to my right or the two rear auditorium doors. Somebody will be standing there with a bucket. And when you drop in your tithes and your offering, also drop in that tear-off. Uh, again, let me just say this also. Uh, as you give your financial partnership with us each week, or whether you do it weekly or monthly or bi-weekly, whatever it is, it's just so important to us, the, the fact that you give and support the things that God is doing at Crossroads. Because again, I'm going to be totally honest with you, uh, and again, I hate to refer back to it, I hate to give it too much credit, but 
you know, unfortunately, the, the, the pandemic caused a lot of people to get out of the habit, to get out of church, to get out of attendance, to get out of giving. And again, uh, it's kind of sidetracked some of the things that we believe are our mission and our vision. And it's so important that when you faithfully give, you're kind of lining up with the things that God has called us to. It reminds me of what it says uh, in 2 Corinthians. Here's what, it write, what, they, what, what Paul writes. He says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided to give in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will, I love this word, you will abound in every good work. And you know what I want to see you? I want to see you abounding. And you know, when I think of abounding, I had to kind of had this brain thing in the in the first service. I was like, abounding. Who does that remind me of? Tigger. Does anybody know Tigger, how he kind of bounces around? That's the way I want to see you in your finances. I want to see you so happy, abounding, because you have been generous with the things that God has given you. So again, get involved in giving, whether it's online, whether you give it as you exit the service, or whether you do it uh, at one of the giving kiosks at the end of the service, because I want to see you abounding. Uh, and let me say, I have to say that when I think about next weekend, I get excited. Not just because we have worship night next weekend, uh, but because I'll be able to eat anything I want to eat. Can I get an amen in the house? Yes, <laughs> I'm telling you. But again, I'm excited about another reason I'll tell you at the end of the service. But one of the things that excites me about next weekend is we have the opportunity to see what life change truly looks like. Because people who have given their lives to Jesus Christ, they are going to have in both of our service, both of our services, an opportunity to take that next step and to be baptized. So this morning I got to thinking about this. This is just a great opportunity. Know that we're going to finish the fast this week. We're going to start a new series next weekend. And we're going to observe baptism in both of our services. It's just a great opportunity for me to take the time and, again, talk about baptism. Because, again, coming to faith in Jesus Christ and getting baptized, that is like a mile marker. It's like a signpost for a healthy church. When you see people making that decision and then following that decision to follow Jesus Christ, and they take that next step, and they say, you know what, I want to be baptized. It's just a mile marker of a healthy church. And here's what's really encouraging. We saw that happen last year, 10 out of 12 months. 10 out of the 12 months of 2022, we saw people in one or both services who took that next step and said, you know what, I have given my life to Jesus Christ, and now I'm taking that next step of being baptized. So again, when I started thinking about this and people being baptized and all the things that happened last year, it really reminded me of the very first baptism at Crossroads. It's really interesting because the very the, actually the first two baptisms that we did as a church were not done in the church. They weren't done in the creek. They were done in the swimming pool at my house. 
it was a little weird for me at first, you know, I mean, I, but, but, but it was so cool, and I, I couldn't find a picture so I could get it in our system and, and show it, but again, it happened in like 2005, actually before we even started having services, but again, those, those two baptisms are always going to hold a special place in my heart, so what I want to do this morning is just to take our time together and actually talk about baptism. I want to tell you what baptism is, and I also want to tell you what baptism isn't. Because here's the thing, when we begin to understand as believers, when we understand what baptism is and what it isn't, then it will allow us to celebrate what God is doing in the lives of other people, those people around us. And I'm believing that many of you here and some of you online that if you haven't taken a step already, then next week we're going to give you the opportunity and it will allow us to celebrate what God is doing in the lives of people around us. And I'm believing that many of you here, and again, those online, are going to take that opportunity if you haven't taken that step already. Next week, you can take that step in the 8.30 service, or you can take that step in the 10 o'clock service. And here's the thing. If you can't do it next weekend, which I hope you can, you can do it in the months to come. Taking that next step of being baptized because you have already made the decision to follow Jesus. So let's get started. Let me go ahead and just rock some worlds and knock some people's heads off and just go ahead and just tell you this because... I want you to understand, for some of you, it's going to be hard to hear a pastor say this, but I'm going to, I don't want to be misunderstood, so I'm going to put it up on the screen so you can see behind me. Baptism is not essential for salvation. I mean, I know some of you have, you've grown up in another denomination, another church, and people have told you that you have to be baptized to be saved. Let me tell you, baptism is not essential for salvation. Baptism doesn't save you. And I know that really challenges some people. It rocks, somebody's, it rocks some people's world. But baptism doesn't save you. There is only one thing that can save you. And that one thing is a relationship with Jesus. A relationship with God through the sacrifice made by his son, Jesus Christ. That is the only thing that saves you. But even though we understand that, or now that you know that, that baptism isn't what saves you, at the same time we say that, we also have to understand that baptism is foundational to our faith. Baptism is this incredibly important step for each one of us to take as a believer. But it is important for us to understand that it is not essential for salvation. And, and quite honestly, that is something that some people have kind of gotten messed up. See, and I, I talk about this and I think about this and it, it, it reminds me of that story from Scripture where Jesus is, is hanging on the cross between these two thieves. And the gospel records this conversation that Jesus is actually having 
with these two thieves while he there is in the middle of them and they're on the sides of him, the right and to the left. And, and one of these guys is really being ugly. He's mocking, he's talking ugly to Jesus and, and he says, well, if you really are who you say you are, then why don't you call angels from heaven to come and to take care of all of this situation to get you down off of this cross? I mean, he's mean, he's ugly. I mean, he's just, there's no humility in him. And then the Bible says that on the other side of Jesus, that there's this very humble thief who's being executed and crucified. And he says to Jesus, Jesus, will, will you remember, when you come into your kingdom, will you remember me? And in those conversations, that Jesus is having with these two thieves on the cross. He responds to that one thief that was full of humility, asking him, Jesus, will you remember me? And the scripture actually says that Jesus answered him and said to him, truly I tell you today that you will be with me in paradise. Now, now, look at that. Let, let's understand what's happening here. The thief asked Jesus, Jesus, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? No, notice what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say, well, I'll think about it. Well, that, that'd be really cool. But, you know, first, you need to start going to church all the time. You, you, you need to take a class and you need to get baptized. That's not what he said. He says, today, you will be with me in paradise. So right off the top, we need to understand that there's only one thing that saves us. And it's not baptism. It's Jesus. Jesus saves us. But even as we say that, there's something really interesting that happened with all of that. And that thing that's really interesting is there was something that happened in the life of Jesus. And the thing that I'm talking about is Jesus was baptized. I mean, here I'm telling you that, that baptism is not essential for salvation. But the scripture actually records that Jesus himself was baptized. Now think about that. And what's really interesting is this. The account of the baptism of Jesus is actually recorded in all four of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you don't believe it, read it for yourself. It's actually recorded in all of the Gospels, the baptism of Jesus. And I would tell you this, something you may not know. This is, you know, you have, Matthew, you have the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is the Gospel of Randy, okay? The Gospel of Randy will tell you, if you see something written in all four of the Gospels, you better stop and pay attention to it. Because it's important. And the baptism of Jesus is recorded in all four of the Gospels. Why? Because it's important. Anytime you read something in all four Gospels, you have to understand it's pretty important. 
But here's what the New Testament, uh, the, the, the gospel according to Luke, here's what, here's what it records uh, about the baptism of Jesus. Look at what it says. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you, I'm well pleased. Now, now you say, well, why, why, why do we need to understand this? I'll tell you why you need to understand this. Because here's the thing. If Jesus was baptized, it tells us that baptism isn't essential for salvation because Jesus is the only person in the world who didn't need salvation. You follow me? Jesus didn't need to be saved. I mean, he was God already. Jesus didn't need to be baptized, but he did it. In part, to be an example. And this is an example of Jesus that you and I must follow once we put our faith in him. So while baptism isn't essential for salvation, it's also important that you understand something else. And here's the other thing I want you to understand. Baptism is not optional for a believer. It's not an option. I mean, again, it makes me think of the day of Pentecost that we read about in Acts chapter 2. Peter, Peter, the guy who denied Jesus three times. The same Peter that Jesus restored on the beach. Peter is the one who stands in front of the nations of the world on the day of Pentecost and he preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was the big game day for the church. You know what I'm saying? That was the opening of the church. It was the big game day. You hear what I'm saying, don't you? I mean, that's where it all started. That's where it all began. And it's interesting about what the Bible says about that day. Because after Peter had preached, here's what the Bible records. Look at what it says. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Now think about that. Look, 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 look with me and think about that. Jay, leave that up there just a moment. How many people were saved? 3,000. How many people were baptized? 3,000. 3,000 people were saved. 3,000 people were baptized. So it's really important for us to understand as far as the New Testament is concerned. Listen, listen, listen. We don't see any example of an unbaptized Christian. None. Nada. It doesn't exist. 
You can't find it anywhere. Look for it. You can't find it. There is no example in the New Testament of somebody who came to faith in Jesus and wasn't baptized. It doesn't exist. Because in the Scriptures, when people profess their faith, when people were saved, anytime you see people taking that step of getting into a relationship with Jesus, the very next thing that they were commanded to do was to be baptized. So it makes me wonder. If that's the example from the New Testament and from Scripture, God's holy word, then why today are there so many unbaptized followers of Jesus? Why are there so many unbaptized Christians today? If they didn't exist then, why do they exist now? I'm going to tell you why. Because honestly, here's what I believe. Baptism is that step that the enemy is trying to take away from you. Baptism is a step that the enemy wants to keep you from taking that step. And in many respects, can I just be honest with you? In many respects, I think the enemy is winning. Because many times people will come to faith in Jesus Christ and they will put off being baptized simply because they don't understand the importance of baptism. See, I know people who were baptized as a baby. I know people who were baptized as infants. And you know what? Those people think that that's good enough. But the example that we see in the New Testament is that first, people made a conscious decision. They put their faith in Jesus and made it a personal decision first to follow Jesus. And then they were baptized. You can't do that as a baby. They made a personal decision to follow Jesus, and then they were baptized. So it's important that we take the step of baptism simply because baptism is not optional for a believer. There's something else that I think is important. Here's the other thing that I think is important. Baptism is a proclamation of the gospel. Baptism is just a proclamation of the gospel. Let me, let me, let me just help you understand this. That's the reason why when people get baptized, we need to get excited as a church. We need to be excited. We need to clap. We need to holler. We need to scream. We need to take pictures. We need to get excited for anybody who would take this step and be baptized publicly, professing their faith in Jesus, because baptism is a proclamation of the gospel. Baptism is the good news 
Now think about it this way. The good news on display for everyone to see. It's on display for the world to see. I, I love the way that, that Paul, the Apostle Paul, describes the gospel in Scripture. L look at what he writes in 1 Corinthians 15. He says this, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel that I preached to you. And you received, and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word that I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. Now look at what Paul says. That Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. That he was buried and that he was raised on the third day. So what does Paul tell them that is the gospel? What is he telling them? What, what is the gospel? He, he tells them the gospel is that Jesus died, that Jesus was buried, and on the third day he was raised. That's exactly what we're communicating when we're baptized. That's what we're communicating through baptism. And anytime you read the word baptism in the New Testament, it's always the Greek word baptizo, which means to be immersed. And again, all throughout Scripture, you see baptism is like this symbol. It's a symbol of two things. It's a symbol of cleansing. It's a symbol of cleansing. And it's a symbol of God's Spirit. I mean, and I think that is such a beautiful picture of the gospel. Because, I mean, think about it. When you're baptized, what do we do? We go under the water. We die to ourselves. We're buried with him according to the scriptures. And in that burial, we are cleansed. We're raised to walk in a new life. A new life that God has called us to. And you know what? I can't think of a more beautiful picture of the gospel than dying to myself and being raised to walk in a new life with Christ. I mean, it's, it's such a beautiful picture of the gospel. So each and every time that somebody publicly professes their faith in Jesus through baptism, what does it do? It puts the gospel on display for the rest of the world to see. there's something else that we need to understand. And here's the other thing that we need to understand. Baptism is a demonstration of obedience. 
I mean, we always say this. I grew up, I, I know this, many of you know this. Bow, baptism uh, is an outward display of an inward decision, of an inward covenant. Baptism is an, an outward display of an inward transformation. And anybody who's being baptized, all of those who are being baptized, by being baptized are saying, this is what Christ has done in me. He's changed me from the inside out. That's why I'm putting this on display for everybody in the world to see. It's a step of obedience. Now listen to what I'm about to say. It's not the only step of obedience. Baptism is just one of thousands of steps of obedience when it comes to believers. But we use baptism as a way to demonstrate our obedience to Jesus, to the world. It's just a great way to tell the world that I have stepped into a relationship with Jesus. It's a great way for me to tell the, the world that, that as far as my life is concerned, I've just given it all to Jesus. All to Jesus, I surrender. I surrender all. And that's what baptism is communicating to the world. It makes me think of the last thing that Jesus said to his disciples. In Scripture, it's recorded there. We, we, we call it the Great Commission. And here's what it says in the Gospel of Matthew. Look, look at what it says. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. And I think most of us would agree that that's our mission. Our mission is to baptize the world. But how can we baptize the world when we haven't taken that step of obedience ourselves. I mean, think about that. Because here's what we have. Next weekend, in both of our services, 8.30 and 10 o'clock, we have an opportunity for anybody who has made a decision to follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who has begun that inward transformation on the inside of them, who has stepped into that relationship, we have an opportunity for you to be baptized. Next week, 8.30 and 10. Now, you, you see the baptismal, I just went ahead and rolled it out here. It doesn't have any water in it. But I wanted you to see what it looked like in case you're new to Crossroads and you kind of wonder, well, how do they do this? That's how we do it, right there. Kind of, kind of the same lighting, you know what I'm saying? I'll say a few words about you. And if you mess with me, I'll hold you down. I'll 
I'll make sure you're clean. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, let, let, me, let, 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 let me show you something. You probably can't see this. Right here is a scar. Me and Jesus got two things in common, I know. My scar's right here. His are right here, you see. But again, you know how that happened? I was baptized in this petite little girl, lady. And I took her down. And my bicep ruptured. And it's a miracle I didn't say something I shouldn't have. You know what I'm saying? Because it was like the Holy Ghost done come up in my arm. You know what I'm saying? I did not know what had happened. But I will be really honest with you. I think part of the reason why I was kind of awkwardly handling her was because I had on a new sweater and I didn't want to get it wet. <laughs> but anyway, next week we have an opportunity to take that next step and be baptized. We have the tub, we have the shirts, we have the shorts. We have towels, we have everything that you can need. Now let me just say this, you could, if you wanted to, you could just get in there with your clothes on, I don't care. But ladies, let me tell you, you can't get in there and have white on. I ain't gonna have none of that. This ain't, this ain't a wet t-shirt contest, you know what I'm saying? But we're giving you an opportunity to be baptized. And it makes me think of a story that's actually found in Acts chapter 8. Where Philip leads this Ethiopian man to the Lord. And they're, and they're riding along in this chariot. And, and, and again, uh, Philip has led this man to the Lord. And, and, and they're riding along. And the Ethiopian man says, look, 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 there's some water. And we don't know if it's a stream or a lake or a creek or a puddle. But they pull the chariot over. And guess what happens? That man says, what could keep me from getting baptized? And Philip says, nothing. So they take him to the puddle, the creek, the lake. And they baptize him. What could have kept him from being baptized? Absolutely nothing. It's the same thing for you next weekend. It's the very same thing. Everything you need will be here. Nothing can keep you. So here's who should be baptized next Sunday at Crossroads. You should be baptized if you have given your heart to Jesus. And you haven't taken that next step. You've stepped into the relationship with Jesus, but you've never taken the step of baptism before. Next week is big game day for you. And we're going to get you in that water. Next Sunday will be your day. But see, there's another group of people. Maybe you were baptized before you were actually saved. Maybe you were baptized as a baby. But see, it wasn't until you came to faith in Jesus that you really need to be baptized. You did the right things, you just got them in the wrong order. That track. You did the right stuff, you just did it in the wrong order. So next Sunday can be your day to take the right step in the right order. 
and you can be baptized. And maybe for some of you, today is the day you need to give your life to Jesus. Think about that. Maybe today is the day that you need to give your life to Jesus. You just need to understand that Jesus Christ, who is God, stepped out of heaven and into history so that ultimately he can make his home in your heart. And he laid his life down on that cross. And he was buried. And on the third day he rose again to walk in a newness of life. And you and I can experience that same transformation if we believe that Jesus is who he says he is and if we will just ask him to save us. It's not complicated, people. So this morning, I'm just going to lead us all in a prayer and I'm just going to ask you from the right to the left, from the front to the back, even those that are watching online, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? And here's what I want you to do. It's different than what we normally do a lot of times. I want all of us to pray this prayer. And maybe today, if you're truly praying this prayer and accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe you pray it just a little louder than the other people. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Would you pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, come into my life. Pray it, everybody. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Would you forgive me of my sin? Would you strengthen me and guide me? And Jesus, this morning I commit that I will follow you for the rest of my life. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Now here's what I would tell you. If you prayed that prayer this morning, then you need to take the next step next weekend need to be baptized it's not optional it's a step of obedience it's a proclamation of the gospel you can write on that tear off that's a part of your worship guide and let me know that you made that decision and that you want to follow and take that step of baptism next weekend you can see me after the service write your personal information on something don't expect me to remember it because I will not remember it write it down You can send an email to Lori Dove, L-O-R-I-E-D-O-V-E, Lori Dove at CrossroadsLebanon.com. Lori coordinates our baptisms every time we do it. She'll get with you, get the information, answer your questions, and we'll get you scheduled for baptism next Sunday. Don't miss out on the opportunity. And again, if you can't do next Sunday, I understand but don't miss out on the next opportunity. Because again, the New Testament tells us there are no examples of unbaptized followers of Jesus. It's not optional. It's what you need to do. Let's pray together. God, we take this time to, to come to you and to worship you, to get clarity from the scripture, from your word, your first language to us.
And clearly today you've spoken about baptism. You spoke with your own life. When you didn't need salvation, but you did it as an example to help us understand the importance of proclaiming the gospel to the world around us. God, would you strengthen, would you encourage those that maybe are a little hesitant because they're going to get wet and they're not going to look their Sunday best in front of people. But it's not about that. It's about clean hearts and clean hands. It's about walking in that newness of life and following Jesus for the rest of our lives. Do in all of our lives what only you can through salvation and through baptism. As we ask this prayer this morning in Jesus' name, amen. Take and seal it, seal it.
Next week, we begin a very, what I think is a really important series. It has a one-word title. It's called Miracles. Believing God for the supernatural. See, you don't need a miracle until you have a problem. And then you need a miracle. We're going to look into Scripture for at least maybe four weeks and see what God is telling us and preparing us for so that we are ready to receive what He has for us. Because here's the thing. God is a supernatural God, and He operates above the natural. And when you have that problem in your life, need to pray and God is ready to act maybe not in the way or in the time frame that you want but God is really ready to do a miracle on your behalf if you know somebody who has a problem you should get them to crossroads the next four weeks because I guarantee you you're not going to walk out of here empty you're going to walk out of here full of faith because God is full of faith that he wants to impart that faith into you so that you can believe for the miracle that you need as you exit today would you leave that tear off would you also leave your tithes and your offerings and your prayer requests if you prefer to do your giving uh, by mail you can mail that to the address you see behind me you can also go to the giving kiosk or you can do it online the online address is behind me the two giving kiosks are in the lobby. You can use the bank card there. Again, your faithful partnership financially is so important to us. It's big game day. <laughs> Have a big game day, okay? And I will see you next Sunday as we begin the series Miracles, Believing God for the Supernatural. Have a great day, a great week.